This is A Word in Season with Doug Stringer and Friends, a podcast ministry of Somebody Cares America, being a tangible expression of Christ in a hurting world. Welcome to A Word in Season with Doug Stringer and Friends. Can you believe we are over 100 episodes in? And we would love to hear from you. Let us know how this podcast has been a blessing, whether you're a new listener or you've been with us since episode one. You can go and rate and review on your favorite listening app and let us know just how much you've enjoyed A Word in Season. You can also email somebodycares at somebodycares.org and share praise reports and testimonies of how this ministry has blessed you and encouraged your faith journey. Today's episode is packed full of wisdom that I know is going to help you to launch into this new year full of faith and hope, knowing that you have a purpose beyond the moment. And at the end of the episode, if you have prayer requests or praise reports, you can email prayer at somebodycares.org Or you can call our prayer line, 855-459-2273. And also keep up with the net that works by signing up for email updates at somebodycares.org. In a world of complexities and challenges, where many are so overwhelmed of heart, we need to be reminded that our hope is still in the Lord. Colossians 1 verse 27 through 29 says, God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Him we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom, that we may present every man perfect or complete in Christ Jesus. To this end or purpose I also labor, striving according to His working or power, which works in me mightily. I've often said that perception is not necessarily the truth, but it is the truth to the one who perceives it. See, if we're not careful and discerning, we can filter our worldview from our personal preferences, our personal experiences, rather than through the Word of God, His character, nature, and spirit, whereby we create our own world and build our own personal kingdoms based on our own perceptions. In these days of increasing apostasy and false teaching, Those who love God's truth will not be liked for speaking the truth, but this cannot stop us from the work of the kingdom we're all called to, speaking His word and sharing His love. We cannot be discouraged by what we see around us, retreating into our holy huddles, and disengaging from a world that so desperately needs to see our light. Speaking the truth in love, seasoned with grace, but speaking the truth nonetheless. I know it's heartbreaking at times, to see what's happening in our generation, what's happening in our culture, what's happening in our nation. But God's laws of reciprocity are these, that natural laws as well as spiritual laws are established by God without respect to persons. What is sown is what is reaped, be it good or bad. Galatians reminds us if we sow in the flesh or fleshly ways, we shall reap according to the flesh. And yet if we sow by the Spirit, we shall reap by the Spirit. It gives a whole new meaning to what goes around comes around. The Bible says in Galatians 6, 7 through 10, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. Let us not grow weary in well-doing, but in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Therefore, 
as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially those who are in the household of faith. See, we as Christians, especially as Christians, should be sensitive to how we express ourselves, even in our strong disagreements. We can firmly and strongly disagree with others without being disrespectful and dishonoring if we want to make a difference. I personally can understand the discouragements that can pull us down at times. Sometimes when I look at the conditions around us, I just can't believe it. Things I would have never thought would be possible 20 years ago are now commonplace in our culture. This is true both within the church and in the culture around us. Seeing these things can discourage our hearts and make it difficult to keep moving forward. I think the writings of the Apostle Paul to Timothy ring true with such prophetic clarity even for us today. In fact, I'd say in large part, more so now than when he first penned them. He said this in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1-4, through 4, You should know this, Timothy, that in the last days there will be very difficult times, for people will love only themselves and their money. They will be boastful and proud, scoffing at God, disobedient to their parents, and ungrateful. They will consider nothing sacred. They will be unloving and unforgiving. They will slander others and have no self-control. They will be cruel and hate what is good. They will betray their friends, be reckless, and be puffed up with pride, and love pleasures rather than God. 2 Timothy 4, verse 3 and 4 say, For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers, and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. I think Paul was deeply concerned that even amongst those who professed to know the truth, that many no longer had the love for the truth. In 2 Timothy 4, verse 5, he encourages us to make sure we're not disheartened or discouraged from keeping our focus. He says, number one, be watchful in all things. In other words, be morally alert, be sober, have self-control. And number two, he says, endure afflictions. We must persevere through whatever challenges or hardships may come our way. We need to keep our vision of hope and our eyes on the destination of the Lord. Circumstances should not dictate who we are because we know who we are in Christ. And number three, he encourages us, do the work of an evangelist. For the sacred to influence the secular, we must have the heart of our Savior for the souls of men. We may not all have the office of someone like a Billy Graham, but we're all called to do the work of an evangelist. We're called to let the Lord's light shine in our lives in such a way that it directs others to Him. Jesus said in Matthew 5.16, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. I love this quote from the late Leonard Ravenhill. Could a mariner sit idle if he heard the drowning cry? Could a doctor sit in comfort and just let his patients die? Could a fireman sit idle and let men burn and give no hand? Can you sit at ease in Zion or as a Christian with the world around you damned? There is such a need in the world around us today. Shall we sit back on the beach of ease and comfort when so many are still shipwrecked in the sea of despair and destruction? A.W. Tozier said, The stiff and wooden quality about our religious lives is a result of our lack of holy desire. Complacency is a deadly foe of all spiritual growth. Acute desire must be present or there will be no manifestation of Christ to His people. He waits to be wanted. 
He goes on to say, too bad that with many of us, he waits so long, so very long in vain. You see, we need to wake up from our slumber, quit pushing our snooze buttons, and awaken to the call to be good messengers in a world of bad news. And the fourth thing Paul says to Timothy is fulfill your ministry. The Amplified Bible says it this way, fully perform all the duties of your ministry. You see, we are all called to steward the ministry God has entrusted to us and through us. We've been reconciled to God through Christ Jesus, and now all of us have the ministry of reconciliation. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 1 and 2 is a reminder not to lose heart, lest we have a tendency to mishandle the Word of God through deceitfulness. We should rather manifest the truth to others. As I said earlier, speak the truth in love, season with grace, but speak the truth nonetheless. We can only manifest the truth if we ourselves have the love of the truth. Too often we turn our ears away from the truth because we raise up our own golden calf, so to speak. We set up our personal preferences based on our own perceptions, thus disregarding the truth where our sacred cows are concerned. Do we have a love for the truth? Or are we being turned over to a strong delusion, it says in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. The book of Jude reminds us that we need to be spiritually prepared for the days ahead. And I've written articles on that in the past, and I think I shared about it in one of my previous podcasts. It seems apostasy is rising. False teachers and teachings are increasing. The name and the truth of God is being attacked. May our eyes be opened with discernment and our hearts return to Him. We need to return to our first love. And for those of us especially who profess to know Christ, calling ourselves Christians, may we not forget so great a salvation, the abounding, amazing, and great grace that was bestowed upon us. Scripture tells us that we have overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. May we not forget so great a responsibility in our stewardship to let the Lord's light shine in and through us to a world that desperately needs answers today. Personally, looking back in retrospect in 2019, I was asked to rewrite a book that I published in 2001, update it, add some chapters, and the title that just got released this month is called Mending the Net, Bringing Hope in a Hurling World. Only the Lord Himself, in His sovereignty, in His ultimate wisdom, in His providence, would have prepared us to rewrite that book and bring that title out for a time such as this. So going through 2020, through all the pandemics, the global challenges, national crises, that God was already preparing a way for all of us to see to the future. Sometimes to know where we're going, we have to look to the past and get bearings to where we are and where we're going. The Lord in His sovereignty and wisdom knew that we needed to bring hope in a hurting world. Sometimes we go through a process to get to the place of possessing the promises of God. So through 2020 and all that we've been through, God already was looking for a scarlet thread of redemption to bring hope to the hurting and to those who desperately needed to find their hope in Christ. That's why we as the church have a stewardship and a responsibility like never before. I'm reminded in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 16 through 18, it says, For if I preach the gospel, I have nothing to boast of, for necessity is laid upon me. Yes, woe to me! If I do not preach the gospel, for if I do this willingly, I have a reward. But if against my will, well, I have been entrusted with the stewardship. 
2 Timothy 4.2 says, Be instant in season and out of season. I love how the Amplified Bible says it this way. Keep your sense of urgency. Be at hand and ready, whether the opportunity seems to be favorable or unfavorable, whether it's convenient or inconvenient, whether it be welcomed or unwelcomed. In other words, be instant means to be at hand, to stand by, to be prepared, ready, keep your sense of urgency. Now notice that to be instant in and out of season may not always be favorable, convenient, or even welcomed. But again, Jesus is the hope of glory. So in a world of complexities and difficulties and challenges where many are overwhelmed in heart, we need to be reminded that our hope is in the Lord. You know, the words that we speak have meaning to the hearer or recipient based on how they filter our words. So likewise, we filter the words of others based on our filtering process and how we hear it. Either way, we cannot assume the truth is being clearly understood. In today's world, a key is for us to make clear the meaning behind our words as best as we can. And as I said in the beginning of this podcast, perception is not necessarily the truth, but it is the truth to the one who perceives it. So if we're not careful and discerning, we can filter our worldview through our own personal preferences and experiences rather than through the word, character, nature, and spirit of God, whereby we create our own world and personal kingdoms based on our own personal perceptions. May we be a people who return to our first love, those who have overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Going back to that landmark moment where Jesus gave us a revelation of His great, amazing, and abounding grace, whereby now we can take that grace and share it with those around us. And again, it may not always be received, but I'm reminded again, in conclusion, what Paul said in 1 Corinthians 9, 16-18, For if I preach the gospel, I have nothing to boast of, for necessity is laid upon me. Yes, woe to me if I do not preach the gospel. For if I do this willingly, I have a reward. But if against my will, I have been entrusted with a stewardship. Yes, each of us has a stewardship, an obligation, a responsibility bestowed upon us for this great salvation we have received. So as Paul said to Timothy, be watchful in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. What a privilege it is for us to serve the Lord. Lord Jesus, I thank you for the privilege and the honor of serving you, Lord. The privilege of your calling. Lord, I thank you for the work of the cross and the power of the resurrection. I thank you, Lord, for what you've done in my life all those years ago. And though I fall short so often, I miss the mark always. But I thank you for your great and abounding and amazing grace. God, would you let your peace rule in our hearts, the heart of your church, so we truly can reach the soul of our communities, our generation, and our nation. God, I recognize we're nothing without you. There is nothing without you. Help us never to forget where we've come from. Lord, we need your grace. And may we give the grace of God to others who may think differently than us. But Lord, may we all come back to the place of the cross, the centrality of the cross, and the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Lord, you are not just my Savior, you are my Lord. And I pray you be Lord of every area of my life and all that I do, say, and think. 
May you be glorified in all that I do say and think. I pray, Lord God, for a right spirit, a clean heart, a sharp, stable, sound mind. Let your light shine in and through your church. And may we see healing in a hurting world. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope that today's episode was both challenging and encouraging, and we want to invite you to head over and check out the show notes. There you're going to find key thoughts and key scriptures that were discussed in today's episode. You'll also find links to Doug's article, Are We Spiritually Fit for the Days Ahead? And you'll find a link to pre-order his brand new book, Mending the Net, Bringing Hope to a Hurting World. So be sure to check out our episode notes today at charismapodcastnetwork.com forward slash show forward slash a word in season. We hope you enjoyed this episode of A Word in Season with Doug Stringer and Friends and ask you to prayerfully consider supporting the ministry at somebodycares.org or by texting your donation amount to 805-422-7348. Please join us again for A Word in Season with Doug Stringer and Friends.